Okay, if you're able, go watch this episode on YouTube because the guest shares an amazing behind the scenes look of the stop motion feature film called Bob Spit that he just finished working on. He does a full walkthrough of the miniature sets and puppets and it's just fantastic to see. So search Terry Mation or Animation Industry Podcast on YouTube and you'll find this episode there. And now let's jump in. Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and I would have published this episode yesterday but I spilled an entire coffee on my laptop and had to wait overnight for it to dry out, but thankfully everything still works fine. Today I'm chatting with Samu Mariani, a very talented stop motion animator working in Brazil. Samu and I actually met at the recent Ottawa International Animation Festival and I asked him to come on the podcast to share what the stop motion industry is like in Brazil and how he got to work on the stop motion feature film Bob Spit, We Do Not Like People, as an assistant editor and second AD. And that film actually won the grand prize for feature animation at OAIF. Now besides Bob Spit, Samu has stop motion animated on the series Angeli the Killer. Plus he runs a small animation festival called the Extraordinary Week of Animated Festivals, which is on its fifth edition. Now before we begin, I have a sponsored message to share with you. And it comes from my friends over at Hue, makers of colorful, affordable USB cameras and animation software for creative teaching, work, and play. Available from HueHD.com and Amazon, the new Hue HD Pro cameras feature 1080p image and video resolution, a built-in microphone, and LED lights. Use funky, flexible plug-and-play cameras are easy to use, and they are compatible with any apps that recognize USB cameras, including Discord, Dragonframe, OBS, Twitch, Google Meet, Zoom, and many more. Visit HueHD.com for more information and follow at HueCameras on Instagram or Twitter for news, freebies, and giveaways. Now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Samu. How are you? Hi, Terry. Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to chat, especially because I've never chatted with somebody from Brazil before, especially stop motion in Brazil. And I am super interested for you to just give me all the info about what stop motion is like in Brazil. But first, okay, maybe you can just like tell me what you're working on like right now, just for some, some background for people listening. Yeah, um, it's absolutely my pleasure. Uh, welcome to Brazil. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I'm working now, I'm, I'm going to start working on the Angeli de Killer uh, animation for a game that Koala Films is producing. Um, is it stop but, motion? Yes, <laughs> it's a stop it's motion. A game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hybrid, it's part stop motion and part uh, CG. And we'll, we'll start animating on the next week. That is incredible. Do you know, do you know, just for, I'm just curious, do you know how it was pitched and like picked up? Because like pitching a stop motion game sounds crazy when you can just do it in CG or 2D. Yeah, I think um, I'm not very aware of that because I was not part of the production team, but uh, I was uh, I was the, on the team that was elaborating the script for the first idea. Yeah. And uh, I knew how to code a bit uh, and make some things in Unity and other engines. And I entered the, the project with that um, in mind. But after that, I just uh, slide to animation, stop motion animation, which was what I was really on about. Um, but uh, I think I think they pitched the the idea firstly uh, by saying like it will it will be very simple it will 
take like uh, two or three sceneries of stop motion and I feel it because it's just a prototype by at this point uh, it's like a demo nice so you're gonna what what is your role on this game uh, I, I was assisting with uh, coding but now that I slide off <laughs> I'm just uh, stop motion animating that's amazing and okay so I know you I feel like your whole life is revolving around stop motion animating and yes. work <laughs> how because so like um as somebody from north america like canada specifically you know i've i've seen influences of angeli's work and i was familiar with the style but i've never read any of it so how popular is angeli in like south america or brazil specifically well, uh, in Brazil specifically, and specifically in Sao Paulo, which is where I am based, uh, he's very popular, especially in the 80s. Yeah. He, he, uh, chief, he was chief uh, editor of this magazine. It was called um, Chiclete com Banana, uh, which translates to banana with gum, gum like the, the <laughs> bubble gum. Okay. And... Uh, and um, it was very famous at the time because it, it was very disruptive due to the context of dictatorships and everything that happened. Uh, it featured like a, a lot of sex, a lot of subversive. Yeah, murder. And other subversive things, you know. <laughs> and um, and uh, he was very, very famous, and all the magazines uh, that he edited was were like altogether with his partner was um, Toninho Mendes, were sold out. Like they they, were, they didn't uh, stay on on the the news stands and anything, you know. They were wow. just like they were sold out in a week or on, on the same day. Like it was crazy how people would read Angeli's comics. And he would like um, create this um, tradition of uh, Brazilian cartoonists inside this magazine. So uh, that's why in the film, in the Bob Spit film, you see other very famous cartoonists in Brazil, which is Laerte, uh, which is, um, I think she shows up uh, at the middle of the film, something like that. And, yeah, that's it. He's very famous. Yeah. <laughs> and well, also congratulations on winning best feature uh, at the Ottawa Animation Festival. That's that's incredible. Thank How you. do you feel about that? Thank you. That was completely unexpected. <laughs> but it feels really exciting to know. I feel very excited to know that people could grasp the uh, the energy we were having while doing the film, you know, we were really uh, pouring on our hearts into it. And yeah. I, I really felt that people could understand it. Totally. Uh, if, even if no one gets the story <laughs> or even if you don't get the narrative, you, you know, you get the feeling of this punk versus pop uh, universe. And yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I watched it uh, based on your recommendation as we were chatting. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. that was that was my major exposure to Angeli's work. And and uh, it was really interesting, but also like the quality of stop motion. I was telling you before we even just started recording, I was just blown away by like how amazing 
the stop motion and the cinematography and the camera moves that you did. And like the whole world that was built was huge. Like this post-apocalyptic world, like every detail was looked at. It was amazing. And just to know that like this giant stop motion film was like independently produced in Brazil versus like it wasn't coming from Leica or, or something like that was just incredible as well. Like I feel, I feel like so excited that this happened and like, um, so I want to chat all about that, but just randomly, do, do, you know, you just, you spend like what, four years on this film. Does everybody in like, you know, in Brazil is like, are they all excited that you made this thing? Because, because like Angeli is like this very famous figure. And now there's like this, like uh Canon piece of film around his life and work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, people are very excited here as well, but uh, we never, expected these uh reception from abroad like <laughs> how how are festivals uh you know awarding it i think it is really amazing and uh the i really like that you appreciate the scenery and the the characters and the animation because it took uh more than four years i i've been into the project for years but um i think it started like nine years ago Oh my goodness. Productions. Yes, yes, with pre-production and screenwriting, I think. Wow. So um and then there were a lot of uh uh artists involved along the all the process, like and the animation was conducted by a, a very highly skilled team of Brazilian animators. There I would love to reference them to you if you want. <laughs> Most of them are working in Portugal right now, I think. Okay. And um, there is a feature film in a company called Sarginha in Lata, who most of them are working on, but I, I need to be more sure about that. Yeah. So, okay. So I know that you were like, um, you were doing a lot of the MoCo, like camera movements on the film. Yeah. Can you tell me, you know, can you tell me about how you got involved in that and like some of the crazy solutions you had to come up with? Yes, of course. Um, so, before uh, starting working at Koala, I had this uh, interest in Arduino boards. Do you know what is that? Is the uh, this microchip controlled uh, little uh, board where you can connect things and drivers that can roll motors and everything and, and everything. So I was um, really playing with these um, DIYs motor motion controller systems and when it got to koala they saw that i could uh deal with them <laughs> and they wanted to make a lot of um of camera movement so they rented from me like a uh, a piece of a printer that i adapted to make a slider <laughs> oh wow no I, it was a totally diy slider so we we made some uh movements in that then when they liked it, the work that I did with this uh, piece of equipment that I created. So we started to cre creating our own mo motion control equipment at Koala using these Arduino boards. And- um, Oh, so you, you like invented it from scratch for them. You're not like, <laughs> like professionally built and made like mo like whatever it's called, mo motion control stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yes, with with a small team. <laughs> nice. My good friend, my good friend uh, Andrea King, 
was one of the responsible for he was responsible for the 3D and uh, you know assembling the the pieces and I programmed it it and I made it run. So when you get like this, the director or the storyboards are like, I want to pan in here and then turn to the left. And you're just like figuring that out on the fly. Yes. And how do you <laughs> like, that's, that's amazing. Yes. Uh, so it's, did you tell me like, you know, the most complex shot you ever had to work on and like, just give me a little scope of that. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of them. <laughs> like every we, shot. Yeah. <laughs> Because we use uh, two motion control systems. One is were more one was more uh, solid than the other. But uh, I think one of the most um, uh, difficult ones was right in the beginning of the film. There is the shot of uh, Bob Spit. She he steps on a uh, communicator, which are those balls uh, of light that are in this yeah. dystopian world and. Uh, the, the camera goes uh, tilting up and we didn't know if the motors were able to carry the camera with the lenses and uh, everything. <laughs> so it's so heavy. Yeah, because everything was so heavy. And the animator, which uh, who was uh, Rosanna van der Meer, she had to animate uh, this shot like, uh, and I, I was always conferring I was always checking if she if the camera hasn't fallen yet or anything like that. every frame you're like did it fall yet yeah <laughs> I I send her like texts like Hosanna is, is everything okay with the motion control system and she was like no it's fine it's fine <laughs> good were you uh because you made the system yourself was it integrated with dragon frame i'm assuming you yes dragon frame on the okay so okay you were like separately doing <laughs> yes uh dragon frame actually has uh within the scripts that comes with the program a um a script for arduino controllers so you have to change some parameters and then uh you can like use it Wow, that's, or whatever that's like. uh, I have no idea how to do any of that. So I'm just super impressed. So you're like, you're like the, you're like the number one MoCo guy in all Brazil right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I worked for. So, um, I'd love to dial it back and just, you know, uh, I've never chatted with anybody from Brazil before, and I really don't know what the landscape for mm -hmm. like animation and specifically stop motion is like. So like, how did, at what point did you say to yourself, like, I want to, um, uh, get into stop motion and make it a career and I feel confident that I can do this yes uh, okay uh, I, I think I'll try to keep it short <laughs> because it started in 2011 like 10 years ago yeah. exactly when I during to this uh, day this to this day year. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I remember um at graduation, uh, we had uh, I, I I studied media studies in yeah. Campinas, which is a city on the outskirts of the uh, metropolitan area in São Paulo. And um, but it's still in the, in the is is in the state of São Paulo. So uh, I studied there, and there was this uh, screenwriting course where we had this um, this special uh class about uh animated documentaries 
from a professor called Jennifer Serra. And she showed us the first short that Koala Filmis uh, made back in 2008 that was like um, a very successful piece of animation, animated documentary like, you know. Um, I, and I saw that and I really thought to myself like, I really want to do that. I really want to get into animated documentaries and, and do exactly what Koala Fumis does. I, I will work for them one day. And wow. from that what they want, from that from that day one, <laughs> just yeah. edit out my stuttering, please. <laughs> or not. <laughs> do whatever. Or, not, like. or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> okay. So um from that day so forward, you were from like that day forward, I were like, I, I need to get in contact with them. And we created this, fest, this festival in 2015. Yeah. And invited Koala Filmis to, to make a showcase of their work uh, during the festival. Wait, wait, wait. So, okay. So you just went to school for media studies. Yeah. Which is like, um, you know, Photoshop, After Effects. Is that, that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah. It was, it was not very technical, though. It was oh. uh, very theoretical at that time. So in 2011, you see this, you see this short film and you're like, I want to work for these people. And then 2015, yes. you started your own animation festival. Yes. And, and I invited them. them. What happened in the, those four years in between? Like, were you working on your own stuff? Were you like, you were like working, like what happened in there? Yeah. So um, the course takes like four years to, to, you get done with it <laughs> so oh, um, oh so you started going to the school in 2011 and then yes you, yes okay i see and then you graduated no, I, yes i started on 2010 but in 2011 i had this gotcha. uh, just special course in animated documentary but uh, the thing is um i started to study animation with a special course within the university but it was not part of the media studies uh, program it was part of the visual studies program it was called animation 101 uh it was with a professor that is very dear to me his name is wilson lazaretti he's like uh, my brilliant master where who i like to recur to him for everything you know nice. he he helped us uh I, I, he helped me with a lot of stuff in animation and mainly to learn how to express myself instead of learning the the uh basic techniques and everything so wait, wait, what do you mean to express yourself versus techniques like technique would be like squash and stretch and express yourself yes like, yes create something he, that you feel yes absolutely he's he's he was not the very fond of the 12 animation principles <laughs> you know yeah, disney's like, the Disney's, if you uh, do this you'll end up making disney but that's yeah. not that's not real <laughs> yeah i think that inspired me during the years to uh to look for different types of animation and nice. um i went uh totally experimental and in 2012 i was lucky enough to be selected to a um government program that was called science without borders so i went to Anglia Ruskin University in Cambridge to study film studies. <laughs> and there I, I've met, I, I also uh, had a animation class with one of other of my uh, amazing tutors that I uh, love to differentiate like forever. 
which yeah. was uh, Elizabeth Hobbs. Uh, she's a amazing uh, English animator. She focuses primarily on um, expressing yourself rather than you have to be this technician of, you know, this yeah. technical perfect person of animation, you know? I love that. What, what gave you this drive to choose animation for all these years? Like why, why, why choose animation? Like what is, what is, what is it that you feel that you want to pursue this or accomplish with this? Yeah, that's a complex question. Oh no. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's resume my life in <laughs> this five second answer. Let's do it. <laughs> no, the, the thing is, um, I think I first saw animation, especially stop motion animation as a way to uh, express myself. Um, uh, it was, uh, I know if I know that this was will sound like uh, really crazy, but I I thought stop motion would be a cheaper way to achieve uh, greater looks. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a sense, yeah. in a sense that um, we didn't have the resources to uh, make a very incredible live action film with uh, no R lights and everything, so we decided to make. To scale it down and making stop motion. You know? yeah. I can't hire 20 people, but I can create tiny, tiny people that I don't have to pay. Yes, and I can spend my all my life animating them frame by frame. <laughs> so I think that that, that was um, my first insight into it. And my long date partner, which uh, helped me realize that more and more, because I, I have this partner, uh, her name is Camilla Cantor. She's also a very um, famous, now she's famous, <laughs> uh, filmmaker who's in Belgium right now. And uh, wow. I started dating her like back in 2012, uh, 2012. Uh, yeah, I think that was, yeah. yeah. And uh, she was uh, showing me how animation can be very expressive and how can I, how could, how could I like, uh, express the, the big worlds we were conveying into this little pieces of uh, frame by frame uh, madness. <laughs> nice. How, how, um, how many, I guess, how big is the animation community in Brazil? Like, you know, you're, you're going to the school, you started this festival, you wanted to work at this company. How many, like, how big is the animation scene there, specifically in stop motion, I guess? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I believe there's it's, it actually is very small. <laughs> yeah. I think the animation community in Brazil, especially in stop motion, I think I can pinpoint to you like three companies that uh, make uh, they're making features right now and they're making um, a lot of progress and they have like series going on. I think wow. and they have like short films as well, but that's very um, and and is it isolated um... cases. Is it for a Brazilian audience or is it, uh, you know, um, uh, service work for like American audiences or, or something like that? You know, like some TV shows are like uh, the animation's done in another country. Is that is that the case there? Or like your no. film was made in uh, for like a Brazilian audience, obviously. But are these other mm -hmm. companies the same thing? What I can say about that as well is that uh, Bob Speed was a really... A uh, complex experiment, in a sense, because it is uh, it is like 
uh, for the Brazilian audience, but yeah. it's also uh, built in in a very complex way in order to reach other audiences as well. You know, like the reference to Western uh, film, um, the the punk versus pop thing, the Elton John thing. <laughs> By the way, I yeah. cannot say that. <laughs> You have to beat me out on that one. <laughs> the the little pop uh, pop figures, you know, the the little mutants. There, yeah, I know. What they you're resemble. <laughs> they resemble Elton John, like clearly. Yeah. they've got the glasses. <laughs> they uh, do. <laughs> I think even it's mentioned in the film once. His name, maybe. Is it? I can think. Mm. I don't know if it's sacrilege to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But oh, um, do you know how these films are being funded? Like, is it a, is like the government um, funding uh, homegrown animation stop motion? And that's incredible that you, you have their grants or whatnot, or like. Yes, um, their grants. Absolutely. There is financial financial aid behind it. And um, Bob Spade is only the second stop motion feature ever made all in stop motion in brazil like the first one was called uh worms i think it's in brazilian uh, in brazilian in portuguese is minhocas yeah. uh, they're like so skateboarding yes skateboarding <laughs> worms yeah and also <laughs> have you seen it? that is incredible too <laughs> have you seen it i've seen i haven't seen it all the way through but i've seen a lot of clips of it i think it's i, I mean like i've tried to see it it, it came out years ago mm -hmm. it's, it's um like, do you know when it came out? I feel like it came out like 10 years ago or something. Yes, yes. Uh, I think it was in 2008, but I'm not 100% yeah. sure. I know that most of the animators that worked on Minhocas worked on uh, Bob Spit as well. Nice. So you're so you're not like bringing in animators from like, for instance, like um, in the UK, when there's a production on going on, they'll bring in animators from the US and from like New Zealand and like wherever to animate, like, for instance, like Corpse Bride. But on your mm -hmm. productions, it's like purely Brazilian animators. Yes, because truth to be told, like uh, the wages... <laughs> The money is, is is completely low budget projects like uh, and we've been into a very dark uh, period right now like we're really entering dark times because uh, within Bolsonaro like we don't have financial aid anymore hmm. we don't have political incentive he's dismantling all cinema institutions and he's persecuting people ideologically you know it's just absolutely hmm. crazy so uh, and uh and this way, we, we cannot like produce more uh, features like Bob Speed because there's no uh, grants anymore. Okay. And and uh, we we occasionally we I think the 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 film invited uh, animators from neighboring countries like Argentine uh, to amazing animators from Cancun Club. I don't know if you know them uh one of them was uh from Kunkan club and the other one i think worked with them sometime um they worked during production mm. and uh i think some brazilians that now work at um the henry selig film the wendon wild uh, that's been produced on netflix uh once worked at bob speed as well I'm oh wow okay that's yeah so I think there's this um, 
quick movement of uh, animators coming back to to the country, animating a bit, and then <laughs> going out and dispersing again. So, yes. how do you, how do you how does that make you feel about your your chosen career in stop motion? Like, I know you're working on this video game right now, and I'm assuming yes. that has like a, a commercial. It's more like a commercially funded business mm -hmm. thing. But how do you feel, you know, looking at the long-term stability of your uh, career as an animator, how does that, uh, how, do, how do you feel that's going to impact you? Well, um, I've been think thinking about that. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm going to answer like this. I think uh, Brazilian independent animation has uh, its ups and downs. Like on the upside, we have this... Uh, I, I've been seeing more and more complex ideas being conveyed, being created, and uh, and you know people struggling to make them happen without that much of a money. So we can see like this, uh, we can see like these uh, amazing things on screen that were like low budget or anything, and I think that's a, a positive aspect. Uh, but I think on the downside. Um, the independent Brazilian animation uh, scenery, because we, we, we cannot call it an, an industry, you know, uh, has a, a core flaw, which is uh, the lack of a career plan. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is when you become too specialized and you want to make more money and, and everything, these companies, yes. they don't have a lot of resources and they're like, we would prefer to hire somebody fresh who's going to take less money because we can't. Yes, instead, absolutely. Instead of, instead of hiring people who like can like chef's kiss, make an animation. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> that's really instead. disappointing. So like, how did, how did, so um, a couple thoughts, like a, would, are you thinking of like working for less money to just to be able to work in these situations? Or B, are you thinking of creating something, uh, another skill to fall back on in between projects that have funding so that you still have a career? Or C, are you thinking of going like your partner to like Belgium where there is, um, you know, funding for projects that need specialized people? Yeah, we have this phenomenon. Uh, we call it like the the brainscape. <laughs> when the brain, the, yeah, the, brain when drain. The, yeah, the brain drain. <laughs> When the people who get specialized just go abroad to work because there's no money for them here, like uh, the, the salary is not simply not good enough. And um, actually, I've learned uh, a different skill, like uh, this the motion controller gig. <laughs> so this, oh. I think yes, because uh, the motion control um, can be used also in live action. So I can like. Um, yeah. uh grab jobs from different uh companies I i've been working to this for this company that's called drive motion control as well i think they're the the best uh motion control company in the state and i i'm getting jobs from them and to operational and to to operation to operate the machine and you know um yes <laughs> wow no that, that makes a lot of sense i'm wondering you know I, I feel maybe the answer is obvious but what do you think would need to happen to build more of a stop motion or just animation industry in brazil well um 
I think hmm, I think one solution would be like um, uh, we need to get uh, this. This small companies need to get need to be recognized for what they're doing for starters like you mean like uh, uh in brazil or international internationally in brazil in brazil firstly and then internationally because if you valorize what you have at home you'll have like uh people wanting to see because you you're proud of it you know yeah <laughs> our memory like you know the, the films that we made in the past the films that we're making now uh you know i don't know i think I think incentives, political incentives are very important, like uh, firstly nationally, then to go abroad. Um, uh, my partner had this film, was called Flesh, and she traveled a lot with it within, um, uh, within the possibilities of money. <laughs> and she uh, also asked, uh, there was the, a government funding that could like aid this, uh, uh filmmakers to travel abroad to festivals and and everything so um and that funding just doesn't exist anymore so hmm. you, you know what i mean so filmmakers now cannot travel to show their work yeah. to the public in to the international public or even in, inside brazil because uh, of, you know of course we, we live in a pandemic so that's not possible right now <laughs> especially because people are not uh people who are closing borders to brazilians they're opening right now actually that they're reopening it right now but uh we've we've been through a time like the that brazilians were highly rejected uh yeah. at the frontiers how do you how have because like for instance in north america the streaming industry has really completely made animation boom you know there's mm -hmm. netflix amazon prime hbo uh etc 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 which have all want animation so like now there's tons of series going on tons of creators how has that impacted um you know south american it doesn't sound like it's impacted you guys at all like are people are creators in brazil trying to get their work picked up by these streamers as well or they're just like I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's that's an excellent question, actually, because uh, with uh, in the past government we had like these incentives for uh, the private channels on television. They had to have like thirty percent of the programming had to be national product. Yeah, same in Canada. But, yeah, so VOD doesn't have that here. Uh, they even pay taxes until this day because. Um, legislation has been like tramiting for like 10 years 10 years like from the time i i was interested in <laughs> animated documentaries in you know when i was at, at, at grad school <laughs> i'm sorry terry i'm, I'm a bit nervous <laughs> oh no it's <laughs> talking about politics and this yeah thing. <laughs> sorry. It's, but i'm just you know i'm uh maybe i'm being like facetious or just like this is a dumb idea but like what is stopping you and like your team of uh like you know a ton of animators you know you know a whole if if uh a production was being made in stop motion for instance you know a whole team of people who could like put it together so what's stopping you guys from like um, putting together a pitch and being like, you know, part of the pitch is there's a high need in Brazil for Brazilian made animation. 
uh, and then going to the streaming services and like pitching it to them. Do I guess are people doing that? Am I just being like, this is? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Is this stupid? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I think um, I think we're trying that actually. <laughs> but I think the studios, this the great studios, uh, don't pick this kind of projects up because um, I don't know. I think it's, 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 it seems very risky for them. Uh, they they prefer the live action ones. I that's that's but that's a personal personal point of view, of course. Um, there is uh, a lot of uh, Netflix animation that um, has been done in Brazil uh, mm. for Brazilians, I think. Uh, and this TV show that I just uh, told you about, Jorah's Brother, has been bought by Netflix to be uh, screened on, you know, your phone or. or at the platform, yeah, nice. and I, I I feel that they're looking uh, to it, but I I because it's a very uncertain area of expertise, like the VOD platform or how people will react to, or we don't even know how to tax them. You know, yeah. <laughs> people don't don't try to. I think they're trying to to. Uh, uh, have new shows and uh, create new programs for it, but I, I think it's not uh, reaching the point where we would like to. Fair, yeah. I mean, well, it's it's obviously an extremely complex thing. It's not just like yeah. super simple. Oh, tomorrow we're pitching. Oh, we got like. That. <laughs> yes. Do you, think, do you think Bob? You know this the the film that you just um, finished up on and won the award, like Bob Spitz. Do you think that is going to help change things a little bit? Like, do you see, you know, the widespread viewership, I guess, of this film to like open mm -hmm. up new opportunities, maybe? Well, I I think so. I'm I'm I hope so. <laughs> I kind of hope so because uh, Bob Speed is, as I said, it was a very complex experiment. Like, if people abroad like that, I think uh, let's go make more crazy stuff and <laughs> see yeah, if it totally. works again. Tell, tell me about the animation festival you were running. Okay, so uh, the Extraordinary Week of Animated Festivals is a festival that incorporates other festivals. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, yes, uh, we initially the idea was um, we were trying to, we tried to have these uh, festivals showcase their work, their curatorship into less into the extraordinary week so that students would get excited to make their animations and also would know where to put their films in. and that was the base idea for it but uh it's been five uh, editions since the first one and we are trying to uh, create a approach to laboratories project laboratories as well so oh. trying to yeah, trying to uh, get students to uh, showcase their working progress work and focusing mainly on processes, because I think that's the the good thing about animation, right? When you can share your processes with others, not only the final product, which is yeah. um, so. So you're creating like a community uh, to showcase your work and learn from others, and hopefully, like incubate more talents 
and build up the industry. I think that's incredible. And you've run yes. it for five years. That's insane. That's amazing. So tell me, like, how how, how big is this festival? Like, um, you, said, you. you mentioned students. Is it mostly just students? Is it like, you know, do you book out a bar? Do you book out an auditorium? Like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it started as a, merely a purely as a student festival at, inside the university. Then we expanded to. Uh, partnerships with uh, local uh, communities and local uh, uh, institutions that would like to, uh, you know, be our patrons. And uh, it's not a very big festival. It's, it's, it has five editions, but I think it's still very small because we... When you say <laughs> small, like, are you talking like 100 people? Are you talking like... 500 people are you talking like 10 people like what what do you mean i'm talking about 10 people like <laughs> oh wow but that's still yes. really cool yeah we, like we are 10 people interested in animation that eventually uh, get more than each you know <laughs> <clears throat> you said it's like 10 people big but I, yeah. I mean like from what you've told me there's not a there's not like a very clear path if you want to become an animator it's not like yes you go to this school and everybody that goes to school is an animator they get an internship at a studio then they start working mm -hmm. at a studio like it's very small and you said even like <laughs> anarchistic mm -hmm. i guess like you want yes. to get into animation you do things yourself so do you think that mm -hmm. you know the people that come to this festival are, are, as this like are these uh I guess maybe the only people that are interested in animation or is it? Like no. Yeah, no, I, I think there are every kind of people are welcome into the extraordinary, extraordinary week of yeah. animated festivals, like every kind of people, the enthusiasts of animation, the curious ones and the people that just uh, started drawing yesterday, you know, nice. so Everyone. What, is, what is your dream? <laughs> what is your dream for this festival? Like, obviously it's pandemic right now, but imagine the pandemic yeah. goes away and it's the sixth edition. Like, what is your dream that you create with this festival? Well, um, I, I really would like to see um, a platform where we could share processes uh, freely you know yeah. um, and i'm talking about that because um uh mainly in productions you tend to be very secret secretive you know about what you're doing and um and and people and animators you know animators uh, are this kind of people that would like to stay in their caves and don't share <laughs> yeah. because they need to they need to of course i i, I think what i i would like to I, I really would like the festival to be a kind of relief, you know, for animators when, where they can like gather together, they can get together and like uh, share their processes and, you know, maybe work together on something new or anything like that. I, it was, it's, it's not, um, I, I'm not uh, seeing a marketplace in the future, you know, like a, a a place where you you know sell your uh stuff and you know you put your portfolio over there and just uh for people to see but just to hire you or anything i'm just uh, in i'm interested in pure processes like um like uh, what what are you doing that uh is new to you 
and how are you doing that? And so for, in, for instance, like this, you would go and present a talk on like what you learned in motion controlled and share yes. like that to others. And then somebody else would do a talk yes. on like how they, you know, they were like, I don't like squash and stretch, but this is how I share from my, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love think that you're, you are yeah. trying to create a community of like skill and resource sharing to like build up animation yes. in, in brazil that's amazing that's yes. that takes like so Thank much you. determination i'm that, i feel so good for you i really <laughs> I, no i do this is like you're serious like you know, <laughs> 10 people show up and there's no established industry like you you're like you're a forerunner in doing this like you know you're gonna look back one day mm. and be like i was you know this was instrumental to build some industry up in brazil like you know there's never been a better time than than Samu doing it. I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're very optimistic, Terry. I really like that. <laughs> hey, I'm optimistic, but you're doing the actual like nitty gritty work, no matter what. Like this is this is yeah. this is amazing. Um, well, thank so, you. Like, That's uh... I and I well, and I really hope that you know maybe just publishing this podcast, some other people in Brazil listen to this, or even in the randomly in the world, and they feel inspired and get in touch with you. And I think that would be incredible. So, like you know, well, I really hope so. Yeah, you yeah, me too. I mean, the fact that you, I'm just talking with you, I feel inspired. Like I'm not running a festival. I'm like, what is the <laughs> easiest solution? I'm going to jump on Zoom on like a random weekend <laughs> weeknight with somebody and just chat about stuff like you're actually going and coordinating and getting taught like that's that's really cool so like yeah. okay so say somebody is in brazil is like listening to this and they're like i want to get into animation i think it's really cool i don't know where to start um i don't know at schools mm -hmm. but i want to get like a job because this was essentially you you're like i want to get hired by this company eventually what should they yes. what should they do and what should they be prepared to expect in order to get hired? Well, um, I think in Brazil, if you're listening to this right now, <laughs> I think you, first off, you should like uh, research the, you, you should, you know, pay the studio you want to work for a visit or invite them to showcase their work at your university or, or you know, at your community because the studios are small and independent and they like the intention as well. Oh, that's and, good to know. Um, so you think, yeah. well, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm like 20 years old, I'm going to school, I <laughs> want to do animation and I'm like super intimidated to talk to like the couple of studios. You're yes. saying I should just reach out and be like, hi, I'm at this school. Can you come and showcase your work? And you think they'd, they'd be like willing and excited to do so? Yes, I think so. But that's, uh, that's great. On that side, but, but a, a little footnote to that. Um, I'm a very shy person myself. <laughs> so I, I have this stuttering problem and I'm just tripping on the words and everything. But I still got to do this stuff because I, I would like to show real interest in the other people's work you know not just yeah. showing my portfolio or you know at the end of the film saying like you know you put a, a thing at the end of the film contact me for more amazing fx stuff you know yeah. <laughs> no just uh talk to me um friendly <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a friendly way to just uh share processes and uh, let's see if we can work together on something or show me your work to see so we can see like um, what we can 
talk about totally. like so if you're if you're listening to this and you don't know where to start just <laughs> get in touch with samu and just be like hey yeah. i like and animation and he'll 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 lead you yeah <laughs> i'll try i'll try my best but uh i think one of the uh what the most important thing is to um to be uh in touch with the festivals when you say festivals what, which festivals are you talking about specifically yeah so um i'm talking about the festivals that were in partnership with the extraordinary extraordinary uh, week of animated festivals ah. um yes and i'm talking about the bit bang club in Argentina, which is an amazing uh, festival that uh, revolves around video games as well. I'm talking about the Stop Motion Hour Fest, also in Argentina. I'm talking about Monstra, uh, which is a the Lisbon International Animation Animated Festival. I'm talking about Stop Trick. I don't know if you heard about Stop Trick. Stop Trick is an amazing festival that uh, happens every year in Maribor and Lodz uh, at the Eastern Europe. Um, the eastern part of Europe. I'm talking about, um, and I'm talking about uh, Brazilian animated festivals as well, like Anima Mundi, uh, which is on pause right now, but I think maybe one day it will return. I've, I'm talking about Animagi, which is uh, an, another festival that happens on the uh, northeast part of Brazil. And, and um, you know, many, many other festivals that uh, they really like the love so why shouldn't you give them something yeah this is a great list like <laughs> yeah no, sorry i just <laughs> no 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 just... this was great don't don't apologize this was a fantastic <laughs> list you know like if somebody's listening they can they're like taking notes like okay i gotta go to this festival this festival this festival that's great so okay yeah. so we've you know we've chatted about <clears throat> you where you came from you saw you were at media arts you saw an amazing film and you're like i want to do this and i could just tell you're super driven because you're like i'm going to start a festival invite yeah. this studio <laughs> to come to hire me and look here you are you you just finished up work on a, a amazing feature film that's award-winning and you're working on a really cool video game now and and everything you've done is about angeli's life you're like, yes <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so tell me tell me like you know you're working on this video game now but like what's next for you like um what what's going on well i'm i'm really trying to uh finish a short film that i started like seven years ago <laughs> it's wow. a stop motion short film that uh helped me to understand it was a great laboratory with which helped me to understand a lot of stop motion at that time. It's called Unspeakable, and it was about the uh, social upheaval that was happening at the time. It's a very political short, and um, I, I'm really, I, I really would like to finish it. Um, I'm trying to co-produce it with um, with Portugal right now. Hmm. And how does that work? Um, I, I've some people in Portugal uh, from a really nice company reached out to my partner due to the last short film that we did together. It was called Flesh. It was this anthology short that, uh, um, that was about these um, uh, the lives of five women. And there, uh, it was also an animated documentary and they talked about uh, their relation to their own bodies. And it was animated by five different animators as well, women animators. Uh, it was a 95% uh, women project, which is uh, to me be part of that is really, uh, I was really privileged 
to the to for that and um and it went all around the world we we world we like um we got qualified for the oscars as well but we we didn't made the shortlist that's incredible <laughs> wow yeah we so this uh portuguese company just reached out uh for us uh, to us and then they asked if we had another project and i said well we have this short film that's been going on for five years no six years that was last years yeah that that was last year and yeah it, it was a, a project that uh, it's really dear to me it's really close to my heart because um it it touched me it taught me so much like in in a sense that uh you know i, I didn't know anything about stop motion <laughs> before that and i really got my hands on uh, studying and reading uh, stop motion books and, and simply like, uh, you know, uh, looking for uh, references from stop motion animators in the Eastern Europe and uh, UK animators and of course the US uh, Greater Studios. And that's it. And, and well, so I these, hope these you Portuguese people were like, we want to help fund um yes. this film that's amazing and are they doing that through government grants or like uh yes okay so that's interesting so like when your strategy to make a film yourself is to partner with another country that has um government funding for films that makes sense and that's like a big theme in europe as well it's like you know you get funding you're like in italy and you get funding from france and like portugal and like i don't know just all around the world but uh so that so that's interesting that you have like the opportunity to do that too Yes, uh, the, the short that I made with Camilla, the, which he had, she directed, uh, was also uh, within that scope. I mean, um, it is a co-production with Spain. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, so uh, we had a lot of support and uh, especially during the post-production phase, which I was very much involved because I was the editor of that film. Um, yeah, besides a stop motion animator and this runner of this small festival, I do edits. <laughs> I make, I, I work with editing a lot, uh, especially for animation. Nice. So, okay. So like, I guess, um, well, I think it's incredible that you've got this short film going on for seven years. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> you needed to keep that going. But I guess what you're saying is like, uh, kind of the conclusion is if if you want to be a stop motion animator in Brazil, you also have to have a number of other skill set. You have like you, for instance, you know, you have the motion control, you do editing on the side. And then when an opportunity comes up to do stop motion, you're like ready and prepared. And you're also like, you have the short film on the side where you're trying to make that happen too. I think this this situation is changing because these schools of animation are really uh, showing uh, the students what they can do so that they don't need to become like uh, self-made artists, you know, self-made uh, stop-motion animators, self-made stop-motion filmmakers that you need to know everything from storyboard to, uh, you know, mixing and, and post-production. Uh, but I think that if you want to tr thrive in Brazil right now, you need to be a bit of everything or at least um, try to, uh, you know, partner with someone who you really have uh, confidence in and 
and someone who you really trust and make a good uh, project with with this person or this 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 person or this people i don't know yeah totally i mean and, and it also sounds like you have to stay well connected like with the festival circuits and know what's going on too i guess yes i think um, so yeah so like maybe this is a weird question to ask but does it always like i don't know the right way to ask this but does it feel lonely or like you have to always kind of be there for yourself to build your career like you can't really you know just rely on a company to like you know give you a stable career like do you always feel like you're have to you're like relying on yourself to make things happen that's uh that's an amazing question i think oh, <laughs> i got no. it <laughs> no i think i think it's i don't mean it in a because... bad way at all i just mean like you know you sound like a very determined person is it is it like takes so much determination to make this happen <laughs> well i i i'm really grateful that you got that from me because <laughs> i don't see myself as a determined person i think i i what i try to do is to make way uh like in in any possible way to my needs, you know, in the sense that I, I want to become a stop motion animator. So what should I do? Should I yeah. just go into this company and just, you know, uh, get involved in everything that they do and, uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes it, it certainly feels lonely to, to be doing that, uh, alone. <laughs> Yeah, like without a, a I don't know a a proper career plan that someone had you know uh, traced a long time ago or someone to inspire me to uh, make the same things because uh, the few the animate the the animation filmmakers in Brazil are really uh, are most of them are self made in a sense that. Um, I always see their path like like something that is not um, something like is is really difficult to repeat. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so they're like, like they're taking. There's no established path. You can't just do yes. exactly what they did and end up in the same thing. They're like taking yes. advantage of different opportunities, making opportunities for themselves luck happens etc do you ever feel yes. like you know have you ever had a moment where you're like why am i doing this this is so tough like maybe i would maybe if you know i just went into coding software it would be easier like have you ever have you ever had a moment where you felt really down about this yes yes doubt doubt always yeah, self-doubt what do you <laughs> what do you do to keep on you know to bring yourself out of that and and to like you know look for well, and make new opportunities for yourself because that sounds tough yes but i i thought that when i was uh working during animation production at the series Angeli the Killer, I was really happy to wake up every morning and think like, oh my God, I'm working at a stop motion company. It, it was exactly what I thought of myself doing like six years ago, you know? Yeah. Like I, I thought of that and I wake up and go like eight, eight o'clock in the morning to this company, do whatever I like, which is animating stop motion, which is one thing that I like. A lot, <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that's that definitely keeps me going. So it's those moments where you actually get to work on your dream that um, pull you through and and keep you on this path. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think by doing that, I'm I'm a step closer to you know 
to that animation series that I was thinking when I got into university, like ah. in 2011, 2010. It so sounds like, you know, you're envisioning your career is very uh, in tandem to what the industry looks like in Brazil and, and kind of following that. But say you had like un unlimited resources and opportunities, what would you want to do or create with, with that opportunity? Like what, where does your heart say, like at the end of the day, like what is, what is the thing that you want to do and create? Uh, I love the question because uh, <laughs> the first thing I would do is finish this short film. That it's, been, <laughs> it's been seven, eight years time. in the making. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get it. And people stop me when I recognize people in the street, they ask me, well, what about the short you're doing? They're like, hey, how are you one. doing? How's your short yeah. film? And you're like, yeah, oh, how's your show? yeah. Seven years. Please don't. Say that every day. <laughs> Please don't ask me in the next seven years or so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one thing one thing I would do is invest on, on my ideas and the ideas of the people that uh, I care the most and help me to get where I am right now. Yeah. And so, um, so when you say invest in that, are you saying you would yeah if, if i had unlimited resources yeah. <laughs> of course i would do that but what do you mean like a feature film a tv show like like short films like you would just help to make other people's dreams also a reality in terms of where they wanted to go yes of course i think uh that is the most i ask this question a lot and you nobody has <laughs> ever said i would use that opportunity to uplift other the other people that would help me most people you know even how i'm interpreting it is like you know i would i would create the tv show i always wanted to or i would be a director of a film i like i want to cry that's like so wholesome that you're that. <laughs> no 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 but uh, listen no. <laughs> yes I, I would love to make the tv show that i always wanted to to make but yeah. i i i think it would like seeing the films that are being produced like collectively in Brazil and uh, with Camila and with other people that I know, uh, I knew, I know uh, from work and, and, you know, festivals and everything, I would love to have the opportunity to work together with them to create something even better or even yeah. bigger. You understand what I mean? I think, I think most of the people uh, that I know, uh, I would say a very grim th thing right now, but uh, sometimes people don't get the energy to carry on with uh, animation, you know, and they choose to go sideways and do another stuff. And mainly because the, the, the market's not uh, very stable and we have these independent companies that needs, they, they need to be uplifted and, and you know, and uh, I, I think most of those people uh, dreams were based on something like uh, I would love to make a company and hire all my friends <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> so we can make a film together like it's um, how can I explain this it's like I don't know I think you see so much talent uh, being uh, uh, directed sideways yeah, and yeah. you just feel like well what if I could get this person to uh, work on an amazing project? Like, you know, because I think there is a lot of uh, internet, intellectual property in Brazil that's been overlooked and they need to be like, um, 
uplifted. I, I mean, they, they need to be on, in the center of the conversation, I think. And that's that's why I created the, the festival as well, to showcase the works of students and to they to make them know, uh, to to make them uh, realize, to, you know, to... Yeah. To, to I, I don't want to make anyone do anything. <laughs> no, but to inspire people to, you know, yeah, to push work a little together. further. And, and, the, yeah. and, you know, if they have that creative feeling inside to 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 push it out a little bit more by you know being more yes. connected and inspired i what you just said is absolutely incredible to me and i absolutely love it i'm, I'm <laughs> honestly like while you're talking i'm like rethinking you know things for myself i think i think because like especially in north america we have so much animation and there's so mm -hmm. many opportunities like in toronto there's like I don't know, probably 20 animation studios alone and in BC and in the States and LA. And like, I can spend my whole career working in animation in here and just hopping from studio to studio, whatever. And like, I'm pitching shows myself. And like, you know, I've seen a little bit of success with that too. But just hearing you talk about how, you know, there's not a huge community and it is a little bit more tough and there's so much intellectual property dispersing into other industries that's not even it's being overlooked it's it's um it's totally different perspective i'm i'm like really happy that we've chatted and i've i've like uh you know got to pick your brain on this i think i think that's incredible and i'm 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 hoping that you know even just talking about this or like publishing this podcast it it helps you know bring a little bit more attention to that because you know there's so many unique stories and creative mm -hmm. inspirate and creative minds in different parts of the world and in brazil for instance that will just you know won't happen because of whatever climate there is and mm -hmm. i think it's mm -hmm. i think it's almost unfortunate that most i mean it's changing as well as more diverse stories are being told by hollywood and whatever but most animation and storytelling is exported from north america to the rest of the world and not you know homegrown as well so Mm -hmm. thank you for thank you for sharing that no worries i guess you know we've we've chatted about you know your journey and what you're doing and and some of the complications of of animation and i'm wondering is there anything else that you wanted to share you know as we're maybe wrapping up this chat yes of course um well um thank you terry for the attention you gave it to me because uh i, I really appreciate that and the the attention you gave to the film, I think uh, that was amazing. There was an, an amazing reception. And I, I really like to, uh, you know, chat more and, you know, get to know your work as well and get to know other people's work. And Oh my gosh, you're, well, such a, you're just such a nice, <laughs> genuine guy. I'm like, do you have anything else you want to share? And you like use that opportunity to like compliment me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I don't. <laughs> no, I, it's, you're, you're, this is amazing. I think I, I, I think everybody listening should go and figure out how they can watch Bob Spit. I watched it and I was blown away. And I'm so happy that I got to connect with you because, you know, like, and we connected through Bob Spit specifically like that. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, I want to bring you on the podcast and chat about your experience. You know, like, I think that's incredible. And we connected through an animation festival. We would never would have connected otherwise. Who knows? Yes. Never, but like. I'm I'm super happy that uh, you know we have and and Bob Spit I can't say enough good things about it like it was I I was blown away when I watched uh, it myself. It's so nice to hear. It's amazing to hear. Yeah. I hope it's, the film gets a good reception <laughs> everywhere as well. Yeah. Are, are, do you have any final thoughts as we as we're wrapping this chat up? 
Um, for anybody, you know, listening from wherever they are or trying to get into stop motion or tell their unique story or short films or just, you know, things that have helped you along the way in your own career. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that um, if you're listening to this, uh, drink a lot of water <laughs> and don't, don't forget to wear your mask when going outside, if, especially if you're in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't want to, to uh, you know, I don't want to, to make myself seem to be like the selfless person in the world. Like, <laughs> uh, think about yourself as well. And because uh, it's important to, to develop your own work and absolutely don't spend that much time on Instagram. And <laughs> because it can be very you know anxiety can you know yeah. touch your spine along the totally. way well those and yeah those are great final words especially the instagram right when i'm gonna say like follow you on instagram yeah <laughs> and follow me yeah well, well i'm so not completely thank you, thank you so much for coming on the chat it's been a pleasure i'm super glad we got to connect and uh yeah i wish you all the best with um your short film finishing that up <laughs> thank you terry um it was it, my absolutely pleasure to be here Thank you. Yeah. And if you're listening and you want to follow Samu's work or get in touch with him, you can do so by checking out his Instagram. <laughs> yes. Samu Bim. Uh, Just for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Or his website, which is samulab.com. And I'll include both those links in the description of this chat. And thank you so much for listening. That's all for now. Okay. Bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.